Welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Are you ready to spill some tea? loves and welcome to tea time with monica today my guest is denitra taylor she is a fashion designer script writer photographer but i'm going to give you some to you now we are going to be discussing about following your dreams chasing them and making sure you're pursuing them because this woman has pursued all of her dreams and i'm wondering does she have any more after reading her bio but let me let me tell you a little bit about denitra guys Denitra is the owner of a tutu for you, which is her fashion line, and co-owner with her husband, Savalas Everett of Crimson Vibes Production. She is a, she became a wife and mother of a beautiful 16-year-old named Michaela. Um, and she's also a published, like I said, photographer, fashion designer, script writer, and soon-to-be producer of the film The Feast. Now Guys, we're going to get into this film because let me tell you, when I read the bio and saw what it was about, I was very intrigued and interested, so I cannot wait. But as always, welcome, Denitra. How are you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. This is such an honor and a pleasure to, you know, be talking to you about everything today. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's so, I love when I get to connect with people and learn about what their dreams are, what they're pursuing or what their purpose is in life. So thank you for reaching out and wanting to share your story with um, the Tea Time with Monica family. So as you know, always I start with a quote and I just thought this one was so fitting after learning about you even more. And it says, the move you are afraid to make could be the one that changes everything. Now, Denitra, how does that quote speak to you in everything you've done? Well, it really speaks to me because everything that you stated in my bio, let me tell you, I probably, I, I don't, I'm not scared to tell my age. I am 45. I started everything when I was around 42. Now, ho hold on now, 42. Now, I just turned 40 and I swear, I think people look at me crazy because I'm always going for that new thing. Or, I'm going to start this, I'm going to do this. And people are looking at me like, girl, you are not in your Why now? Why not now? I'm not dead. Thank you. No, I'm not seen now. I ain't lost my memory. Why not now? Why not do this now? You know, right. what does twenties and thirties have to do with anything? You, you know, know, like like you're just supposed to shrivel up and just it's not do anything new. Like I don't know why people think life ends after 39. Like, as like, soon as you turn 40, after you have your 40th birthday party, it's like they want to buy you a cane or a walker <laughs> out the window and watch soap operas. That's all you're supposed to do. Um, I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> you know, and it's funny you say that because I, I did turn 40 last year um, in July and during the summer. And leading up to my 40th birthday, you know, I felt like it was a rebirth. So I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not going nowhere. So let me, this is, these are things that I wanted to do when I was younger. Mm. But, you know, life gets in the way. And, you know, I always tell people fear got in the way when it came down to me. Like, I grew up in New York and it's like, as a black teenager, you're not supposed to pursue such things, you know? Right. Um, 
not supposed to want to be a fashion designer, you know, growing up in the inner city. You're not supposed to want to write. You're not supposed to want to take pictures, you know. Um, so I let fear really get in the way of me pursuing these things when I was younger. Mm. So how did you come out of that fear? Oh, so I started off with um, a tutu for you. And really, it was a friend who, she was turning 40. She mm -hmm. was going to a party. She did not want a regular outfit. She's like, I really want a tutu. I'm like, I can do that. I can make that. And that's what I did. I really just, I had it in my mind how I wanted to create it. I didn't have really anything too much to go. You know, I mean, you can look at a YouTube video, but I had it in my mind that I wanted to create it. And mm -hmm. I, and when I went for it, the way I imagined it is how it turned out. And I was like, oh. So you manifested all that. You saw it, manifested it, and created it. Yep, yep. And that was it. And that's where the fashion designing came in at. Um, you know, and then from there, I'm a designer, and I'm doing these shows, which were great. And I'm like, I, I, you know what? I can take pictures of my designs. I can take pictures of models and people that I know mm -hmm. in my own. And that's where the photography came in from. So everything's linked together. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I'm pretty good at taking pictures. Now, hold on. There's a story behind these pictures. Let me put that together. How I see it in my head, how I present it in front of me, and then I snap the picture. So I manifest the photography, mm. you know. Um, and then from there, the feast was born from the idea of a photo shoot. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to get into the feast, but before we get there, when we talk about manifesting, were you always a person that, you know, because we, everybody uses different words, you know, pray for what you want. How did you get into that terminology and how did it resonate with you? You know, uh, of course, being younger, always growing up um, just in the church, you know, we've always been taught that, you know, just pray on it. You know, if that's mm -hmm. your heart, desires, believe it. And, you know, and if it's meant for you, it will manifest, you know, and a lot of that came from a lot of my belief in that the manifestation came from my belief in you know a spiritual divine being mm -hmm. you know and um but i also know if you want to manifest something you got to put some work to it so you can't just sit with a plate on the table and thinking who's going to here then let's you know? let's talk about that because people you know they be like i i manifest i work but the, it's the work behind it and you i mean you're doing the work obviously but uh, talk about how you learned about that has there have there been times where you've tried to manifest something and didn't do the work and then you really realized i, I didn't do my part in this manifestation yes exactly i did not there have been so many times where i've tried different things i didn't do the research on it i didn't learn about it i just figured let me go out and let's say i wanted to i you know i'm like okay i'm right here I didn't learn about doing it. I was just like, three strands, keep twisting them together, and I got knots. Yeah. You know, I didn't learn about it. But what I've learned, what I have learned is if you have a desire for something, you have to put the work in for it. Nothing is just going to drop out of the sky to you. You have to put the work in in order for that to come true and for it, for it to succeed. You have to put the work in for it. You know, um, so there are plenty of times when I was younger where I just thought, all right, I want to do this. 
no idea how to do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm gonna do this. And it just failed because the work wasn't put in behind it. Mm. Yeah. So the, the work is important when you're pursuing. And sometimes that can be fearful when you start seeing everything that you have to do. That can cause fear, right? Gosh, I'll tell you, yes. We'll go back to the tutu design. So I do tutus. That's my specialty. But I know I want to do gowns. Mm. I want to do wedding gowns. I want to do couture. I want to do this, which means I need to learn how to really sew, how to pattern make. I would have to learn these things. And it was so frightening because I'm like, oh my gosh, I now have to literally the math, the, everything that goes be, behind what it takes to make a gown. Mm-hmm. It is but you have to put the work in. Maybe there's somebody out there, they know, they didn't know once they picked up that sewing machine that at that very moment, once they bought a piece of fabric, they was gonna make a couture outfit. There might be somebody out there who was able to do that. Not me. I Even now to this day, I take sewing classes, I do instructional Mm. videos, because I still know that I still want to make these gowns. Mm. I'm a person. I love seeing us curvy women dressed. Hallelujah. Yeah, I always said if I was going to do anything, I'm going to specialize in the woman that is just like me. You know, so it, and again, I'm still learning. I have the greatest sewing teacher, and she's probably going to kill me because I ain't been to class in a long time. But, (laughs) but oh, that I still, I see it, but there, there are still some roles and there are still some instructions and things that you have to do to get to that point. And it's scary because it's uncharted territory. So it's always going to be scary, but we can't let fear overcome. So what do you do to overcome your fear? What, what helps you? I step away from stuff at that for a moment. Mm -hmm. Right now on the kitchen table, when I look at it and I roll my eyes at it, like it's got a personality like yeah i see you <laughs> yep like i know you there i see you and i have to keep doing it. i'll walk away from it but then i'll go back i'll turn it on and i'll do a little bit mm-hmm. let me walk away from it sometimes you have to take a little breather but then you have to talk to yourself you have to remind yourself i can do this i can do this nobody else is going to do this for you this is your dream so you have to do it mm-hmm and I literally just talk to myself. I have positive affirmations that I speak over myself all the time. I have to remember, I am an overcomer. I am a conqueror. I'm not letting this machine and this thread and this fabric conquer me. I'm going to conquer it. You have to have those talks with yourself. And mm-hmm. I do it. Yeah, it's funny you say speak over yourself because that's actually one of my favorite gospel songs. Speak over yourself. Girl, you better say yourself. I, I love it. In love. There you go. <laughs> I simply love that song. And it's, it's funny, when I'm feeling down, I can listen to that song and it picks me right up. So when, when I'm asking, you know, like, what encourages, like you speak over yourself. For me, it's that music that's like, all right, you know what? That That's the vibe, vibration I need to be on. Let me go there. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I have a whole gospel playlist. I'll put that on and just look at it. Mm. And that's a table book, but it is my favorite, favorite photography inspiration book. 
Mm. I, I can see that for you. If you, you like to tell stories, you have your little, I could see it. I'm gonna put that into the universe for you. But in the universe. Yes. So, so let's talk about the stories because you mentioned that, you know, through photography, that's kind of where your film, The Feast came from. Now, audience, The Feast. When I read that it was about a spirited African queen and she's learning about the Orisha, let's just talk about it. How did this all come about? So there is, um, it literally started from, The Feast is literally a fantasy movie. It is a, I don't even want to call it sci-fi, but it is, you know, it has the Orishas and it is based on magic and it is based on, you know, um, the spirits of ancestors. Um, and it is a much when it came down to their people being taken into slavery. Mm-hmm. The feast, what if? What if they interfered? What if there were, you know, characters like Amara, who's our main character, Queen Amara, who, you know, were bestowed with these special powers to free her people? Right. You know, and that's what it is about. So we touched on the, um, Orishas, which are the Nigerian and Yoruba gods, but mm-hmm. then we also have the introduction of um, the gods of, um, it's called Ife. Ife is a whole nother African, West African religion. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got one of the main gods from that religion portrayed in here as well. His name is Takar. He's the god of vengeance. Mm. So the story is literally about, she's a princess. She obtains these powers to avenge her people. And she and she literally ends up being gifted with immortality. Wow. So, but of course, with all powers, there's a price you have to pay. It definitely is. Mm, this yeah. is intriguing. So what yeah. made you, what led you to learn more about the African deities and spirituality? So, I mean, you know, of course, us, you know, I don't know about you, but I know growing up as a Christian, we really didn't talk too much about that. We didn't talk about, you know, what our religion when we were in the motherland looked like, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, and- no, I, I didn't learn, honey. I grew up Catholic. My father is Catholic. So my sister and I were raised Catholic. My mom, um, my grandfather, her dad was a Baptist minister. So... No, I, like I said, I, I, if anybody doesn't know, I have an aunt who practices Islam, um, who's my mother's sister. But learning about um, African spirituality and deities, I didn't start learning about that until like last two years. I started looking at that more for myself. I had heard the name Oshun, and that was about the only one I heard of, because you know everybody, well, everybody swear up and down, Oshun, they, they Orisha, but you like, mm, there's how many more? So... <laughs> Exactly. And that was me. I didn't learn about the Arishas really until maybe about, I was maybe about 39. I've always yeah. been into, you know, like history, you know, so I, you know, of course, a lot of our history stopped or began with the Middle Passage, you know. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. And so, but then I started looking into books to talk about Africa and the different tribes. And of course, in thinking about those, talking, um, learning about those tribes, you learn about the stories of the Orishas. Um, yeah. That's where it began. I was, and it's intriguing because, it, you know, it's not anything that was really written. These are all stories and meanings that were 
passed along mouth mouth to mouth storytelling you know um and that's where I just really dug deep into it and it was just so the first um goddess I learned about is Yamaya you know um you know our mother to all you know the um goddess of the sea I her first and then got into Shango the god of thunder and then yes and the stories behind it so as you start reading about one it'll lead into another and another and another and it is just such it is so intriguing you know um and even now i'm still doing a lot of research um and talking to those who practice you know those you know they've converted from you know christian christianity you know they've converted from religion to being spiritual Mm -hmm. you know um, very interesting, you know, just the stories and the beliefs behind it, you know. Um, and I'm still learning about it. You know, we, you know, we've always, well, I don't know about you, but I've always been told, you know, voodoo is of the devil. Yeah. And, and you learn afterwards that, you know, we were, what we've been taught and, and drilled in our heads from Hollywood. Um, yeah. All that's wrong. Wrong. And you feel like, well, you almost feel like dumb. Like, why didn't I... I didn't know all about this and it was because we were stolen um and some of the traditions you know got left now what i've learned through learning about you know orisha deities hoodoo voodoo um the Yoruba faith lakumi is that um you know being catholic and dealing with you know saints uh some of the saints some of the slaves because they were beaten and told they would die and be killed if they kept practicing their faith, their original spirituality. They um, started practicing the worship of Saint Santaria, which is now Lukumi, because yep. they intertwined the Orisha and those practices with the Catholic saints. Yes. So, yeah. you know, being someone who's grown up Catholic and knows about saints, because of course, Catholicism, we go through the sacraments and um, you know, when you're confirmed, you choose your patron saint. So for me, my patron saint is Saint. I chose my patron saint, Saint Monica. Um, but it's funny because she's the saint of broken marriage and relationships, and like she prayed for her son and mother, just kind of like Yumaya with Shango, and you know, all being like the mother figure that that brings everybody together. Um, yes. You know, I don't. I don't want to say that that's a correlation with Yemaya uh, and Saint Monica because it's not. But just to try to think of like, okay, if I if I was truly practicing and crowned in that faith, would that be my Orisha? Would it be someone else? You know, you just started to think about things like your personality and how you work and who you would think feel as though you gravitate towards. You know. Hey. Exactly. And like you said, you know, slaves were beaten, they were threatened that they had to convert. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right now I'm working on a lot of the research behind part two of the piece, which is taking me to New Orleans. It's mm. taking me, you know, it's that, taking me that, to- that rich hoodoo voodoo. Yeah. Ah. It's, it's that research. It's, you know, Marie Laveau and, um, Doctor, uh, what's his name? Papa John. I'm mm-hmm. I'm learning it about that because you know the you know we're bringing it's tie in when we do part two. So I'm doing the research on that. Um, but it is 
it's our it's our history it is enriching yeah. it is you know but yeah i'm like you who would my if I, within your spiritual practices not really as of yet but i will tell you that i am really drawn towards um and it's not even so much of the um african spirituality but chakras you know mm-hmm. the, the chakras, so those yeah. life force that energy you know it's it's all just very interesting like right now i got on this is my chakra. oh trust you me know? i have crystals yeah, yeah during the new moon and the full moon i'm charging crystals i'm burning my sage in yeah. the morning, I burn, I burn the Palo Santo. So that's why I'm asking, like, has it changed your perspective? It has really started me really thinking about, you know, I'm still very, you know, in tune and sensitive. Like, is this going against my faith, you know? And I'm looking up, is sage considered, you know, um, wrong when it comes down to, you know? Yeah, no, and, and, I, and I get that because you hear from devout Christians, like, oh my gosh, I'm burning sage. So, Here's, I'll say this. I know a few people who do practice, who converted from their Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they still honor their Christian faith within that. Um, and even though as uh, I'm still on my search to say like, is it, you know, I, I had, I, I remember I went to, cause I see an Ia. Um, to help me with my astrological knowledge and, uh, you know, doing doing Reiki and things like that. I see her for a few things. And so I remember one session we had and I came home crying for the same reason. Like, am I going against everything I know? And when we finally got, to, and I remember that, that session was during Mercury retrograde. So if anybody knows anything about Mercury retrograde, you know, <laughs> it's lack of communication. I remember our, in our next few sessions, she was like, I, I didn't say change Pathion, sweetie. It, you know, it was more so take this and do it in your way. So it was a few more conversations that she and I had to have for me to understand, okay, this is your patron saint. This is your guardian angel in your pantheon. So how do you use that to do what is done over here? So that's why it's it's interesting how you can put it all together. It really is. You know, I had to do some some thinking. I was like, I say, Lord, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I remember during the, you know, of course, um, during ancient times, you know, they burnt frankincense and myrrh yeah i burn i burn frankincense now in my house and i mean in the catholic faith we do that to the altar we you see the priest with the little incense burning going on the altar so it's like well if it's wrong to do it here why is it right to do it here and you know it's like you said it's just yeah you question a lot yeah, and I always believe that the divine creator will open your eyes. Mm. You ask for the knowledge, you ask for the knowledge that you're seeking, you know, that you'd be able to keep your heart, your eyes, and your ears open, you know. And I believe that the divine creator will, you know, give you the knowledge that you are looking for. So, um, do you feel like what that's what you're getting now through your research and your movie? Like, you're just you're, you're starting to get the knowledge to put it together for yourself, exactly. exactly I really am. 
you know, I have my Bible that I, you know, read and there are certain scriptures that are installed installed within me. And mm-hmm. it didn't from being in church. This was literally conversations that I've had with the divine creator. This is what I need you to look at. Mm-hmm. And I've taken scriptures, I look at them, memorize them. And when I'm doing my research on the African gods or whatever I'm doing my research on, I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, oh my gosh, if I get caught doing this, I'm not in panic mode. It's literally the idea of learning and growing. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like, because I guess what I, with my research and still researching and learning um, and in search of like, what is my spirituality? I just feel like everything's connected and I'm supposed to take a little from here, a little from there and do what feels right. Let me tell you, and I said, wait a minute, why am I having this thought? You know, all, if you think of a lot of the, I don't know about all religions, but there's always a divine creator. Oh, oh, there's somebody always. here. Yes. And then there's always those that the divine creator put in certain places, Mm. you know, where, you know, for Christian, they were the apostles or they were prophets, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, there's the supreme being for, you know, for most um, African, you know, spiritual, I don't want to call them religion, spirituality. Mm -hmm. There's a there is a supreme being and then there are deities or smaller gods Mm -hmm. what if because we because the world was split up in different areas what if it still has the same mechanisms behind each of these spiritualities there's a supreme being and then there are those that the supreme being put in place what if who knows you know but um, I really did some thinking about that. I was like, hmm, I'm not ready to write a thesis on it though. So I'm gonna leave. <laughs> now I have a question though. You know, coming up, we talked about like coming up and learning about different faiths and what we learned and didn't learn. Do you feel like we were robbed a little bit as, you know, coming up as African-American um, kids that we were robbed because what we only African spirituality we were inundated with was Egyptian spirituality and Egyptian faith, but we weren't taught what we were stole what we were considered stolen from because you don't hear of them taking slaves from Egypt. You hear them taking slaves from the West African, you know, from from, you know, Nigeria and, and things and places in that in the Benin, you know, yeah. like different it, it wasn't from there. And then so that's what we were able to learn about Africa and Afri- and an African spirituality. We weren't allowed to learn what our ancestors, how they worship, how they dealt with spirituality. Do you feel like we were robbed a little? Of course, because if you really think about it, we were robbed of our own free will, our Mm -hmm. choice, our freedom to be able to, you know, practice. So, of course, we were, you know, um, and I also think why, you know, especially now that it seems like people are starting to get really in tune mm-hmm. with, it, with that spirituality now because, you know, like, I can actually learn about the gods of my ancestors. Right. You know, I can actually, you know, and 
and they're comfortable with it. You know, I know that growing up in the um, 80s and 90s, yeah, there were, you know, um, the Latin stores with the candles in it and, you know, our statues, mm-hmm. paints. You know, I remember being told, you ain't supposed to go in there. You know, that's... Uh, yeah, because that comes with the Sandria and the... Because yeah. more more Latin communities practice the Santeria Locumi because they don't call it Santeria no more. But, <laughs> it's, well, it's not Santeria. That was the slave owner's way of saying is a worship of saints. So it's really Locumi. So I won't say no more, but uh, yeah. yeah. So that was the Santeria and the, the worship of saints. Yeah. And it was, you know, we were, you know, I'm, we just did not, we were like, no, you're not supposed to go in there. I don't remember really too many um too many um different um you know i know there was islam and there was the mosque you know in new york and then every there was a church on every block there was you know a christian catholic on most blocks in brooklyn you know but it was it was sort of like considered wrong Mm -hmm. how you just don't do it you don't look into you don't you know don't tempt to you know don't tip things that shouldn't be tempted basically mm-hmm. um so now yeah in, in doing this movie i'm like I, and even still sometimes i'm like okay I'm, I'm i don't want to offend you know anyone i don't want to offend any gods in the research that i'm doing mm-hmm. you know think about all of that stuff you know it's like wow but i do have such a great utmost respect right. you know that are following their spirituality whatever it may be you know um it definitely wouldn't stop me from being in, you know trying to stay in my lane of being a christian and not learning and talking you mm-hmm. know to others you know so um yeah but it's it's definitely been a very interesting journey with this film so i love that you've embraced you know learning and asking, am I doing the right thing? But I think it's more of, like from just hearing you talk, I think it's more of your gift of finding ways to tell stories so that people get the knowledge. And yes. you're getting the knowledge as while you're helping, you know, you're writing for others to yeah. learn as opposed of I'm doing the wrong thing. It's like the divine <laughs> creator said, you, you've got a gift and I'm gonna show you how to use it. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I- true yeah yeah thankful for the gifts that i have been given and you know i use them wisely but still doing the work behind the gift you know talk about doing the work doing the work behind it but i think i think it was a line like you like you said you felt you you dreamed of these things as a child you fell out of it because of course we all society tells you go to school get a job be a member, a good member of society. So we're all on this calculated, you know, oh, yeah. calculated. Living yeah, living in the box of boom, boom. The, you have to hit society's milestones to be considered a good person. Exactly. Instead of being able to blossom and flourish into what you really are. And it's funny because, like I said, at the age of 40, I feel like I'm in a rebirth, like I'm reblossoming. And that's what you said. Like all of this started when I was in my forties. Like, why do I have to stop living? Because I turned 40. I think society needs to stop telling, stop making us. And I don't know if it's just the black community 
or whatever, because yes, I grew up in the, in the black community. Yes, I have friends of different ethnicities, but I'm black. I grew up in a black community, predominantly black neighborhood. I, it's just, why do we have to stop living ever? Ever. Exactly. You are, I think, getting old, getting tired. It's a part of life, but you it's also your mindset, right? Yes. And it yes. wasn't that wasn't your mindset at 40. Your mindset was I still got a lot to do. Yes. And so much that I still want to do and so much that I still want to learn. And I think, like you said, it was a box. It's a box that society tries to put you in. Mm -hmm. I love side of the box. I have, I am, these past five years of being 40, as far as with what I've done and what I am, uh, what I've accomplished and what I am working towards accomplishing, they feel so much better than things that I did when I was in my 30s or even my early 20s. Mm -hmm. You know, I, because I think, you know, you find your passion, no matter what age that is, you find your passion. And when you find your passion, it's not like, oh my God, I got to do this now. You look forward to it. Yes. You Because it is your passion, it's not a job, it's not a career, it is something that you truly love to do. And everything's not financial and fiscal, you know, that will come. You know, I'm learning now just, it's like, I wrote this script. Okay, what's next? <laughs> where, where do I go from here? Where I go from here? So now I'm doing research and it's like, okay, I wrote the script. Who do I give it to? We just sell the script. But you know, I've been blessed to meet some really great people who are in industry who don't mind sharing the knowledge. That's because good. they started, somebody showed them how to do it. You, you know, you, so there's there's that's the beauty of being led to the right people because sometimes, yeah, you have a dream, you have a knowledge. And you may not necessarily have the finances to get you to that place. And so being led to those right people in the industry just lets you know you're on the right path and that you're being led by the divine creator, God, supreme being, all of that. Yes, yes. And that's exactly it. You know, um, oh, you know, with um, that saying from Spider-Man, with great powers come great responsibilities. You know, you also learn um, when the opposer tries mm -hmm. to come and, you know, break you down. You know, my mom always says, when you're about to hit something big or when you're about to hit your breakthrough, all hell will break loose. So let's continue that conversation of how you, you've you broken through the times of that you were fearful of getting to your next level and, and your passion and your purpose. Yeah. So, you know, that fear, a lot of it is just the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, we get where we, you know, we get anxiety because we don't know what's going to come next. We don't know how it's going to come, you know. So um, it's funny because then when you get to the next point, it's like, really? I was scared because of what? Is, is this what I was scared of? But it's the fear of the unknown. You know, and um, we literally just have to, you have to keep your eye on the prize. Mm -hmm. And you have to literally faith over fear. So you have to just, you know, like I said, I do affirmations and 
start networking with people. You know, you find mentors, you'll find, you know, the universe will put you in the right path of someone who knows mm-hmm. what it's like with themselves. You know, I'm, you know, when I got into photography, I was blessed to um, meet my mentor who is Tracy Lucas. And he's really, I can go to him about anything photography wise. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, wanted to get in fashion designing, um, my sewing teacher, Sandra Ortiz, I go to her for everything. So now here I am, this round with his film. Mm-hmm. I can write all I don't know nothing about lighting, camera, casting. I don't know nothing about all of that stuff. A budget. God put me right in the right, um, lined me up right with this wonderful, wonderful director and producer. His name is TJ Harper. He um, is the owner of Painted Picture Productions. Mm-hmm. So me and him have been on this film. So I have to like literally say, wow, when it is meant for you, everything will line up, you know. The perfect alignment. Will, yeah, perfect alignment. And for I'm lucky that everything that I've done, the right people have come along, you know, to show me I, their mentors, their friends, they don't mind sharing the information because somebody shared it with them. Yeah. And that's the lesson of breaking through that fear that God, the universe will open those doors for you. It's like, okay, this is scary. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And if you you back off, the doors don't open. They stay closed. Exactly. And it's like, okay, the door is open. Now, what are you going to do to keep that door open? Yeah. What are you going to do to find that that key for the next door that's going to open for you? Mm. Again, it's putting the work in comes. I like you that know. analogy, like finding the key. What are you doing the work? How are you doing the work to get to the next key? Yep. Yep. For that next, for that next door to open, you got to find that key. You know, this, this is God's opened this door. Okay. Now what are you going to do to get to the next level? I think that's a challenge to the listeners, right? You know what? And, and listeners take it as that. What is it? What are you passionate about? What do you see? What do you see that really is just a burning desire on the inside of you and it needs to be brought out? You know, there may be something that a talent or an anointing that you have that you need to share with the world, but you're scared mm-hmm. of the unknown. Okay. Things will align up for you. Your resources will come. Mm-hmm. The- it is the source. He will give you the resources. I know that's that right. All right. So now what you going to do to get to the next level? What you going to do to get to the next level? And you'll meet people, you'll network, you'll meet people that are experts at what you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. I am a creative person. Don't ask me nothing about the business end of things, but the door to the creativity is open and I'm learning the process of the business end of things, mm-hmm. you know? So you just have to keep moving forward, keep pushing forward, no matter, you know, if it's a struggle to get out of bed that day, it's a struggle to turn on that computer because you really don't want to, but this is your passion. You push through. Mm-hmm. Cause if you don't push through somebody else coming right behind you, they see what you've done and they're going to push through to keep moving forward. So yeah. you got to think about it. How bad do you want it? Ah, that hunger. 
I get hungry and do you want to eat? Yes. You know, it's funny because, okay, I'm a big Ravens fan. And then it was this guy, it was this play. I forget his name. God forgive me for forgetting the player's name. But he had a slogan that said, eat hungry. Eat. Yes. And I was like, at first I was like, what? What does the shirt say? Eat hungry. Stay hungry. It's just basically another way of saying, stay hungry. Yeah. Eat. Go ahead and eat. But don't let that fill you. Keep eating. Keep staying hungry. Stay with it. Exactly. Exactly. And um, our um, KRS one said something on an interview one time. He's when he was struggling. He was homeless before he really broke into the music industry, and he had to battle him and you know they had to battle another group. And he was like, "Y'all ate this morning. I'm hungry. Who you think wanted more?" And that's the thing. If you have a hunger for it and mm. you want it to do what it's going to take for you to win so keep that passion within you stay hungry don't get don't get don't what's the word i want to say don't overeat to where you can't move forward don't mm-hmm. eat too much. yeah you know because your comfort hungry. zone is the worst place to be i exactly. mean yes we all want to feel comfortable we want to feel comforted but your comfort zone can be your worst place sometimes because it's like, oh, I'm comfortable. But once you don't you don't step out of your comfort, oh, you're gonna be stagnant. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. will be stagnant. You know, and I've been there. You know, I always I tend to think nowadays, you know, I went to school, went to college, which was great, but it wasn't really for me. I got in the medical field, so people feel like you're in the medical field doing clerical stuff. It's like, oh well, you work in the hospital, so you made it. No. Don't just stop there. That that wasn't my passion. You know, that was a job. That was society's society's checkbox is what I say. Cause exactly. Yeah, that's society's checkbox. Exactly. And it's, it's okay. I won't, I'm not gonna doubt anybody for just going through and doing it because maybe that's what's for you, going through and doing what you do. And it's to me, it's nothing wrong with it. But if you hungry and you want more, go yes. for it. If you see something in yourself, go for it. Don't stop. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I said it before and I said it again, I like living outside of the box. I really do. I have never, I, you know, I didn't treasure that feeling when I was younger because, you know, when you're younger, you're trying to, I don't want to say impress people, but you're trying to fit in. You're trying to, you know, you want to be part of the in crowd, but there's nothing like living outside of the box. I love it. I yeah. truly do. Call outside them dines, honey. Call all outside of them. Unk. Yeah. Picasso, yeah. Some of the most abstract, you know, because, you know what I'm saying? Some of the most abstract yeah. art is so beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah, so color outside of those lines. Heck, sometimes you call it a color, um, don't, you know, paint on the wall and don't stay on the canvas or something. You know, just... It's a different outlook on life, you know? So I'm grateful for with age came wisdom, Mm. you know? And with wisdom came strength. With strength came, you know, the idea of becoming an overcomer. Of, I always, I often wonder where would I be if I would have just stayed comfortable and settled Mm -hmm. with where, you know, we can't do it. Yeah, and like I said before, I do love it because you you've shown turning forty ain't the end. Nope, it's just the beginning. Nope, and you know what? Mother is seventy something years old and just as funky as ever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be just like that. 
Mm-hmm. Spunky little lady who's just still with it. Exactly. You know, I think that's that saying, you know, age is a number, you know, but where's your mind? How old is your mind? How old is your mindset mm. is what people need to take a look yeah. at. Yeah. Your age doesn't have to define you. Exactly. That number does not define you. Your mindset is what defines you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can be yep. a young at heart at any age. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have seen, you know, I've seen some really um some people that are older and they get out more than, you know, the young folks. And, you know, they're doing things and they're traveling and they're, you know, they're trying new things, you know. They don't and then because they, you work all your life. You know, society tells you work, 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 work. But why can't I work hard, play hard at the same time? Do me. Okay, I'm 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 doing what society says I got to do, but I also need to do this over here. Like why I just gotta do one thing. I don't know my friends are like, you're just always in, you know, I've heard so you're just always you're flighty. You're doing no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I got a lot that I can do. I got a lot that I can give. Maybe I'm not married with kids yet because I still got more to give to everybody else. And if I give it to a family, I can't give it to y'all. You know what? You got to, you right on that. And you know what? That word flighty. You know, I have people used to tell me, oh, you'll start signing, don't finish it. And they'll tell me that I'm flighty. No, it's just, you know, I'm not, I don't have one lane that I have to stay in. Mm. You know? I don't have all over the road all over the road or off the road and then back on the roads again yeah i'm mm-hmm. taking over we're not on the same path if you see of me as flighty honey we ain't on the same path and it's okay you stay on yours i'm gonna go all over the world on mine exactly exactly so i'm fine with that that's a t-shirt i ain't got a lane that i need to stay in that's a t-shirt right that is there. a shirt right there i ain't got a lane that i need to stay in but and on the back say but you can stay on yours there you go. I like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Just don't. I think people need to, we all, society would be much better if we all allowed to do what, all allowed each other to do what we need to do for ourselves and not judge anyone because they don't do it the way we see it for ourselves. Because that I think that's one thing that society, does, that people do in society is just like, I can only see things my way. I can't see both sides. And I have that as a, as a cancer, I have a, I always can look at both sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how you're right, but then I can see this. So, like, you have to look at both sides of the coin. Exactly. This is two sides for, for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that is so true, you know. But unfortunately, like I said, people going to be people. But, you know, I always say this. If you don't try, if you don't try it, you can't talk about it. You know, you can't, you can't say, at least you can say you tried it. At least you can say, oh, well, I tried it. And maybe it just wasn't for you, but you tried it, you know? So don't mm-hmm. just stop sitting on the porch, get up off the porch and do what you have a passion to do. Do which do something else other than sitting on the porch or looking out the window and seeing everybody else you know, rolling about and doing, roaming in the words of my pastor that you are free to roam around the country. You remember that, um, that slogan, you are now free to roam around. Stop sitting on the porch. Stop looking at the world through a rose colored window. Mm-hmm. Get out, try something, do something different. You might surprise yourself. Yeah, you might. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, 
Any last words for the audience today? Any last advice you want to give? Yes. Um, I just want to tell everybody out there, first and foremost, thank you so much for allowing me to come on. You're welcome. Thank you. And um, like I said, just don't sit around and let life pass you by. You will regret it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, let our audience know how they can follow you. They can learn about a tutu for you, your photography, and your upcoming film. Yes. So um, I'm on, you know, I'm still old school, so I'm still on Facebook. Whatever. I'm still, you know. It's okay. (laughs) So um, you can find me under my name, which is Denitra Taylor Everett. Um, On Instagram, I have the business pages. So a tutu, the number four, Y-O-U is um, my Instagram tag. Um, Also, the feast, we have an Instagram page is the underscore feast, the movie. Um, Look us up. We're posting things. We'll be adding pictures of the cast. Um, We're doing a fashion show, which is a fundraiser this weekend. So we'll be posting the pictures from the fashion show on the movie page and um then crimson vibes production is our production company so we're everything's on instagram and on facebook all right well thank you so much and thank you audience for listening to another episode of tea time with monica bye loves You've been listening to Tea Time with Monica. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast media. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media at Monica underscore the curvy diva, spelled M-O-N-I-C-A underscore T-H-E-K-U-R-V-Y-D-I-V-A and at Tea Time with Monica.